We do welcome any visitors that might be here today, and it's lovely to have you with us. Um, we are in holiday mode here, clearly. Um, there was a, a wonderful evangelist called Steve Chalk who um, always said that what his dream would be would be to have a church with a back row and only the back row and people would go in and sit in it and then as people came in the back row would move forward and people would have to be at the front. So if anybody feels that they would like to move forward please do feel free to do so. So uh, we're going to start with Morning Has Broken and Mary I'm so pleased to see you. <laughs> Thank you for getting here. I'm sure the traffic is, I know that the traffic will be a nightmare today because um, we've got this ride London uh, uh, going on in London and therefore that's backed back to us because it comes out to Dorking as well. So let's stand and sing Morning Has Broken. service is uh, rather unusual in that um, this is the fifth, uh, of the fifth week of the month and we, uh, Ian uh, invites people to come and speak um, and today's theme is God, it at, is God at work and uh, I felt that, uh, yes do please sit down for the, just for a, a brief moment. Um, I have a slide that uh, Lorraine is going to kindly put up. Um, I drove uh, this uh, week up from Devon through uh, Wiltshire and Somerset 
and uh, I came across the fields. I somehow managed to get onto a back road behind Stonehenge, and uh, all the fields had already been harvested. And uh, I thought you might like to see that slide um, of uh, God in, at work in ways that are not always as we expect. God's timing is God's timing and not our timing. And we've tended to celebrate harvest at the very beginning of October, but as you can see, uh, everything has all been safely gathered in, and they had these giant um, stacks um, uh, on the side of the road. And as I woke this morning, um, the first words that came into my mind was, thank the Lord um, for his um, soft, refreshing rain. Um, I then had to go out in my nighty and make sure that the, the drain pipe was connected up so my water barrels would be um, uh, filled, um, but uh, it was wonderful, soft, refreshing rain. And this uh, service today is about God's work in our lives. And uh, I am standing in from Jackie, uh, who should be leading the service today. Um, Jackie sadly has uh, shingles and is unwell, and I'm sure she would value our prayers over the next few weeks as she tries to recover from that. Um, so let us just uh, commit this service to the Lord and pray together. Lord, we thank you that you are a mighty and wondrous God. We thank you for the way that we can see your hand at work in our lives every day and that you are a real and living God. Amen. So let us stand and sing this first song which Lynn Ed has chosen uh, you give rest to the weary, and we'll go straight into Amazing Grace, which Martin Dunford has chosen. You give rest to
Thank you. Now, I'm very pleased today to um, introduce Rose to you. And uh, Rose is one of our uh, long-standing members of our congregation. And uh, she's going to share a little bit about um, this banner that is over the right-hand side here, over the baptistry. And this came about uh, because uh, John Withers and Fiona Katzler, who's one of our former members, uh, were having a conversation about this banner. So, Rose, um, can you tell us why this banner was made? Well, it was made from the toddler group. And uh, the Jesus Love is Very Wonderful became our theme tune. We used to always end with it. And uh, in fact, one of the babies once said, um, when his mum said, well, we're going to the toddler group. And so she said, is that the Jesus Love one? So we became, <laughs> we nicknamed ourselves, you know, the Jesus Love Group. And, um, and then we decided, because every year we used to have a service for mother and toddler, and uh, we decided we'd, we would making banners at the time. We had a little group of us, you know, making. Uh, we had one old lady who used to do the lettering. Oldman usually made the the banners themselves and then between us we decorated them and can you tell me about the people in this banner oh the people well of course i had children of my own at the time and um and so naturally uh you fashion them on your children don't you so there was stephanie my youngest she had pigtails so the one with the pigtails was, was Stephanie. Um, little boy in the middle was my grandson, who was a little tear away, and he was blonde. So he's in the middle. Lorraine, my third daughter, is, hold, is holding my hand on the end in the mauve. And, um, and of course, Jesus had to hold a baby. And... Uh, <coughs> At that time, Fiona very sadly, she lost her baby with a cot death. And so she was the obvious choice for Jesus to hold. And that baby was Katie um, and uh, Katie Katzler. And uh, Fiona was very moved when John uh, talked to her about that being in the banner. Thank you, Rose. So... Things aren't always as we seem. That, to me, has always been a beautiful banner, and I've always very much appreciated the handiwork, being a sewer myself, that goes into making such an amazing object of textile art. Um, but behind everything, there's very much a story. And uh, down the ages, there are many stories that build upon the faith of others as they grow within their lives. And we don't always know that backstory. So I'd like us to sing now and sing the most beautiful old song, How Great Thou Art. And as we sing it, let's remember those stories of faith, of when we've seen God at work. Thank you. Do stand.
O my soul, bless God. God, my God, how great you are, beautifully, gloriously robed, dressed up in sunshine and all heaven stretched out for your tent. You built your palace on the ocean deeps, made a chariot out of clouds and took off on wind wings. Thank you. Do be seated. That was taken from Psalm 104. I was chosen by Lynn Edge. Now, I'm very thrilled today to um, ask Judy Cunningham to come and speak to us. And isn't it wonderful, um, uh, the use of a mobile phone? Um, as we were singing How Great They Are, uh, a text came in on my phone because I was using the message version, which is on my phone, to read that, um, from Elizabeth Hodkinson, who many of you know. Um, from Milmead, who says that she's praying for us now uh, in this service. So amazing, just things are amazing when you are with God, and Judy's going to share that with us. Is this, all, this is on, is it? I'm not used to being up here. I'm used to being down there. Good morning, everyone. Um, this is quite an emotional time for me, but thank God. I've been through quite a lot, and I've come through it, and I'm well and happy and joyous now. But uh, five years ago, I was diagnosed with a stage four ovarian cancer, and it was like a bomb just dropped on me. But faith in God is a huge, big thing, and I didn't know how big it was going to be. So this is why I'm here to talk to you. Because although I was diagnosed and it was initially numbing and I think it's not happening to me, and I'm sure every one of you have got experiences or know someone with experiences similar. However, there were dark times and I kept repeating Psalm 23. And though I walk through the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. And I didn't realize how much God is with us all, and all the time. Um, and I just want to tell you three occasions, because I don't want to go gabble on too far, too much. Um, but at one very dark time, I was in my bedroom and I was resting and I'd had quite a lot of chemotherapy. Uh, I'd had a big operation, um, didn't know I was gonna come through it did come through it and lots of people were praying including all of you I know were praying hard for me and all over the world in fact <laughs> my cousin is a minister in Rwanda and she had people praying for me there so I'm grateful to everybody um, but I was lying in bed and I just felt presence of God and it was a light brighter than this brighter than these lights the whole room was filled with light. The Holy Spirit was with me. And it was moving, so moving and so good. And it made me feel strong. That's all I can say. I don't know about positivity or any of those things that people tell you to be positive. But it was just that. And that gave me more strength than I can tell you anything. So that was one occasion. And the second occasion, um, I managed to get to a garden. I love gardening. 
and we went to a garden show Sarah Raven put on this show at Sissinghurst and it was fantastic but I was in a wheelchair <laughs> but I managed to sort of coddle about and get up I think everyone thought I was balmy because they thought I was disabled and then suddenly I could walk <laughs> perhaps they thought a miracle was happening then but anyway um, I happened to be sitting down afterwards for dinner and this very lovely lady said I think I should be giving you this you need this and she gave me this cross um, which was a beautiful thing and it then again reaffirmed my faith because often I felt despair because it was a physical thing and you do feel despair when you're in physical pain. But this, again, revived my strength again and shone the light into my heart and my soul. And, and then the third time, so that was five years ago, so I'm free of cancer four and a half years now. And then I had a very bad fall in Austria and I fractured my back in two places and it caused trauma to my right hip. So eventually I had to have my hip replaced, which I'm glad to say is a big success, and it's four months later, so hello over there. <laughs> oh, you've had yours And um, June, sorry. And um, so that's a great, great thing. Um, but also, two days before the operation, I was sitting in the church and talking to a few friends, and Christine Sargrove was one of them. And I felt a hand placed on the top of my head, and I turned around and I said, oh, hello, hello. And there was, there was nobody physical there. It was God again, that's the third time. And so saying that I was gonna be all right. And so that's really what I wanted to say to you, that you just have faith and trust in the Lord and he will give you peace and joy in your hearts and souls. Okay. Thank you. So we're now going to sing a song that um, Judy's chosen. Do you want to tell yes. us why you've chosen this one particularly? Well, I just think actually we've got a bit of a water theme going on anyway <laughs> at the moment, haven't we? Um, oh, and I wanted to also just say, in the, in the Psalm 23, it said, Thy rod and thy staff comfort me. Well, I nicknamed my crutches Rod, and my staff was my hus dear husband. <laughs> so that was just a joke. Fantastic. A joke. But anyway, this is to the river, because um, it tells, it sort of just sums it up, really, for me, about healing water and coming to God and just giving, giving your all and just letting him sort it all out, because he does. Fantastic. Okay. Thank you. <coughs> Shall I sing it down here? Or... No, you sing oh, it. Oh, sing it. Okay. Right, I'd love you to all join in. I'm going to sing the first verse, so if you want to join in the next few verses, that would be great. Okay. <clears throat> to the Lord, I need 
steps down. And Lord Jesus, we thank you for the power of your Holy Spirit. We thank you for the way that you can reveal us to yourself today as you did before 2,000 years ago to those travellers on the Emmaus Road. Lord, we thank you that you have your healing hand on Judy. We thank you that you are there with her on every step of this road. We thank you, Lord, for the way that you've lit up her faith and that she shared this with us. And Father, we pray that she might continue that walk with you, close, right beside her. Amen. Amen. Thank you. And Ian, I think you're going to lead us now in a time of intercession. Thank you, Judy. I would just like to uh, share a verse with you this morning, uh, which will lead us into a time of intercession. It's from Philippians chapter 1 and verse 6. It says this, Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. In a moment, we're going to have our prayers of intercession. We're going to be praying for those who are struggling in the world, and for those who are in education in Milford and in London too. We're also going to be, also be praying in the third part of the prayers for those in the emergency services and for Jackie Brazier and for others who are in the fellowship who are not feeling very well at the moment. So let us pray. Father God, we thank you that this morning we come to you in confidence in Jesus Christ, who is our Lord. Lord, we come to pray for those things that we feel sometimes unable to pray for. So we ask, Lord, for the leading of your Holy Spirit to continue your work in and through this world that we live in. Lord, we offer up to you this morning those who are struggling in Canada through the wildfire that is reaching parts. We pray, Lord, for those who are grieving. We pray for those emergency services in Canada who are trying to put the flames out. Lord, we ask for wisdom. And we ask, Lord, too, for those people who are currently at the moment in Indonesia, in Lombok this morning, who have suffered an earthquake. Lord, we just ask in your mercy you would hear our prayer for those people who we don't know. Lord God, may our prayers reach you, Lord, in your mercy. Lord, be in the midst of such tragedy. Lord, be a peace, be a loving and merciful God, we pray, in these situations. Lord, as we remember just for a few moments things that are on our heart that are happening around the world, Lord, we just offer up in a few moments just a silent prayer to you, to our Father in heaven, through Jesus. And dear Lord, moving closer to home, we just thank you for 
Ben and Grace who will be joined together in marriage on Wednesday. Lord, we thank you for their willingness to come to NBC and to work with our children here. But Lord, not only just here, they're here to uh, reach people for Christ. And Lord, I would remember this morning Andrew Steer, who is the head of the Milford Infant School, for Matthew Armstrong Harris, who's the head at Robra. We pray, Lord, this morning for Hugh Rawson, for Chandler School, and we pray for Sarah at Canary Wharf, and for Tom Lacey too. Lord, I want to say thank you for those heads that you've placed in strategic places. Lord, give them the confidence as they embark on this new autumn term. Lord, I pray that you would help them with their vision for all the things that need to be sorted out during the holiday period. Lord, we might think that they are away on holiday, but Lord, their focus is to bring about change, is to bring about the education of boys and girls in the community. And Lord, I pray for wisdom, I pray for insight, and I pray, Lord, for vision for all these heads and those involved in education. Lord, we just thank you for times of refreshment. We pray, Lord, for the staffing uh, in these schools. We pray, Lord, that when they come back in September, they would feel refreshed and they'd work together as a team to bring about a good education, both in the community and in the wider world. Lord, we just offer up silently now our quiet prayers to you for those in the community and also, Lord, for those who are praying for other things that you've laid on our hearts now. And now finally, as we come to pray for our fellowship, Lord, we are thankful that we are here today in the refreshing rain. But Lord, we just pray, Father, for those who are continuing uh, to suffer in the fellowship at the moment through, Lord, these difficult days through the heat. Lord, I pray for restoration. I pray, Lord, for Jackie, that you would make her completely well. And we pray for others, Lord, in the fellowship who feel isolated at this particular time, who are maybe at home and struggling. We ask, Lord, your blessing to be upon them and also those who are away on holiday at the moment. Lord, we remember those who are unable to be here for one reason or another. Lord, and those people who are planning to go away in the next few weeks. Lord, I ask your blessing to be upon them, that they would come back refreshed and reinvigorated for this new autumn term. Lord God, we just place our loved ones into your safekeeping. And as we just have a moment's silence, just for a prayer of our own to the Lord, about our wider family. Lord, I thank you, Lord, for your word, that we can be confident of this that he who began a good work in all of us will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ. Lord, in your name, we pray these things and for your glory. Amen.
So I'm going to talk a little bit about how faith in God has impacted the education of many. Having faith changes how we operate. It fires us in the right direction and enables us to move with assurance in our work. And many of you know that I work in Tower Hamlets in education, and uh, that's been an amazing story uh, of God at work. And one day, uh, when invited, I'll share this with you. But today I'm going to talk about being a trustee for our charity here at Milford Mechanics for Africa and how we've seen God at work over the years. When Sharon Watt became a Christian in 1995, uh, she fixed her eyes on Jesus, on God. And out of her faith and those who supported her, along with Charlie, Mechanics for Africa was born. And I'm just looking around the congregation, and I think I actually recognize every face, every face here. So perhaps I don't need to give an explanation of what Mechanics for Africa is about. Uh, but it is our chosen charity where we educate young men and women in the skills of mechanical engineering and uh, they get experience on local vehicles. Having faith is about living the walk for many years and enthroning the Lord daily. It's the little choices and the quiet moments that make the difference. When we as trustees for the charity started, did we think it would be what it is now? with a profitable workshop, a vibrant church of 100 people meeting on site every week, 18 staff, the only A-grade college of mechanical engineering in the country. Did we really think that? Well, accuse me of little faith, if you will, but I certainly hadn't got that vision that big. Recently, we held a board meeting of trustees, and thanks to David Lucas, our chair, um, it was held at Premier Radio, which enabled us to link very well with the trustees in Zambia. So the UK trustees and the Zambian trustees um, were meeting as one. And uh, we in the UK as trustees, we meet every alternate uh, month on a Saturday, and some of us have been doing this for 15 years now. Faith is a sacrificial offering of our lives in giving God the very, very best. And to see God at work, we have to be real in our walk with God. God provided two wonderful people in Charlie and Sharon who walked in faith. And it was amazing to be alongside Sharon when she was stopped at a checkpoint and they would be expecting to be able to bribe her for money. And instead of which, she very quickly would take over the situation and hand them a tract and say to, to, to the poor young soldier, when I come back, I will expect you to have read it. <laughs> and instead of trying to demand money back off Sharon when she came back, they were supposed to give account for what they'd read in the tract. But God also provided us with Jason and Claire Stonia in the most miraculous way. And they too stepped out in faith and had a vision to expand the college. Individually, we as trustees went to visit them, to catch and encourage them in their new vision. God doesn't expect us to have faith and work alone. He provides us with one another. God anoints holy relationships 
and not heroic individuals. For them, as with Charlie and Sharon, there were inevitable setbacks, such as students who were challenging. At one point, um, we had a member of the royal family threatening to undo the work of the college. Um, but the silver lining was that we now know the British ambassador very well. Um, we've had the, our, the way that we've held our examinations queried and uh, the examination conditions in which our students did exams was queried recently by City and Guilds, uh, only to have it confirmed that the practice that we have is exemplary. So God never promises that a life of faith is going to be easy. As trustees, when it was time for Jason and Claire to move on, we had to have faith that the Lord would provide some new project partners. And when I was out there, I met with Sarah and Harry Well Forrester. This was 18 months ago. And Jason had set me up almost like on a blind date. They didn't know why they were coming to meet myself and Peter, who was with us. I thought that they were the right couple. But then they felt it was right to go to Tanzania. And I remember being confused and thinking, Lord, I'm sure that wasn't your plan. Sometimes God calls us to cling on through the confusion. And we mustn't let misinterpretations erode our faith. Confusion, or indeed suffering, won't last forever. Out of it, God can bring great beauty. And it turned out that it wasn't God's plan for Harry and Sarah to be in Tanzania. They and their children were utterly miserable. So Harry and Sarah came back to Zambia, took up the new role, and he, they were assured that this was God and where he was calling them to be. After a, fir- a tricky first six months, they are now firmly established. And in January, we will recruit an additional 20 to 30 students, making us have at least 45 to 50 in the first year and 30 in our second year. And most of the building work, which was the vision of Jason and Claire to accommodate the students, has now been completed. And the construction team is now focusing much more on the maintenance maintenance that has been neglected while the ongoing work on construction has taken place. Our new academic block with its computer suite and library is ready and the student and staff toilets are ready too. However, with more students, we need more money, just as at the start. God has been faithful in the past and I know that God's hand is on this project and will be faithful in the, pu- in the future. My prayer is that the Lord will lay on your heart as to who you can invite to sponsor one of our new students. The trustees are going to be holding a series of dinner parties to raise money too. Sometimes we have to take God-inspired risks for his kingdom. If we who have faith can't do for things for his kingdom, who can? At our recent meeting with the Zambian trustees, we brainstormed money-raising ventures and the future of the college. We reviewed whether to use the Zambian Tiveta examinations instead of the City and Guilds qualifications. And the reason that we were thinking of this change was Tiveta is considerably cheaper, but it isn't internationally recognised. So we'd value prayer for wisdom over this. So far, we've only had three students take up positions outside Zambia. 
So we question, is it relevant to take City and Guild's exams? But on the other hand, as we know, the world is shrinking and we are now a global economy. And mobile telephones are taking up their course in Zambia, just as they have done here. And therefore, the world is much more open to local Zambians. So we reviewed the workshops, and we need to raise the income from these to support the additional students. We decided to market our replacement of clutch and brakes and tyre services to the local Zambians. We're looking to offer a sort of vehicle recovery service, a bit like the AA or the RAC, and we value your prayer on how best to do this. We looked at our current income, which is good. We rent out the guest house and an office, and that provides a steady income for us. We've su successfully delivered short servicing courses for vehicle owners on Saturday mornings, and these classes we're going to look to run more frequently. We're looking to run extended day activity courses. This is very much what um, many of the schools are doing now, a bit like an after-school club, only this would be slightly different. These would be extended day activity courses for local people. They would be an hour and a half, and they'd be on things like servicing your car, constructing your own home, agriculture at home, using a PC, cooking for the family, keeping yourself healthy, running your own business. All these are actually provided for our students in their life skills course. And we've realised we could be offering these out for the community to bring in income and support for our students in the mechanical engineering qualifications and also giving our lecturers who have that course at their fingertips uh, an additional income because clearly we wouldn't expect them to do that for free. But we can actually use these as different ventures and ways of becoming part of the community. We could be offering tertiary online education using our business centre because everything is available through the internet that we have in our business centre. So the college is very much moving forward and looking forward, and it's a very exciting time at Canics for Africa. We're looking to add leadership skills to our life skills course for the students in order to build up honest young leaders, because our vice chair of trustees, Derek um, Matungo, actually had identified that actually Christianity within the country has been there for years, since David Livingstone. And actually our young leaders here at Mechanics for Africa are the leaders for the future for Zambia. And we need to bring and give them leadership skills. It was a fruitful and exciting meeting that we had as a board. God was at work. God is at work in Mechanics for Africa and the education which we're providing out there. For each of us, the Holy Spirit, everyone here, it is the fuel for life. With a little living faith, we can bring about incredible transformation. We can change the character of our environment. And that has really happened out there in Zambia with Mechanics for Africa. And it's just the little things, like the gardener, Desmond, produces too many plants when he grows them from seed. So he gave them to Rhoda, our cook. She had no garden, which was fertile. So she decided, with some friends, to start using the grass verge. There is a 14-foot-wide grass verge outside the college, all the way along, Monkey Fountain Road. What a gorgeous name. There is a verge that is over 14 feet deep. And now, the local village 
are also using lots of seedlings. And the whole verge is an agricultural centre and an agricultural crops are growing to support the village. We are becoming, we are overflowing into the community. We are becoming a hub of community at Mechanics for Africa. God's Holy Spirit is at work there. Corrie ten Boom, that great author um, who was uh, in a concentration camp during the war, wonderful Christian, said, faith sees the invisible, believes the unbelievable, and receives the impossible. As trustees for this amazing charity which we started in this little village church, we will keep the focus on educational excellence and create an impact across the nation of Zambia so long as we use our faith in the little ways in how we live and how we think and how we make those decisions. And we're now going to sing a hymn, which I found out the other day uh, it was not only used at, um, or rather Peter and I chose at our wedding, but also Cliff Arnold chose at his wedding and John and June chose at their wedding, which is, May the mind of Christ my Saviour live in me from day to day. It is from day to day that God expects us to exercise our faith, and through that we will see God at work. Thank you so much. chapter 1, as verse 16. As Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, 
and I will make you fishers of men. At once they left their nets and followed him. When he'd got a little farther, he saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John in a boat, preparing their nets. Without delay, he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with their father and the hired men and followed him. I was asked to choose a reading and a hymn, and I chose the hymn, Just As I Am. I don't know what it'll come up as there. I looked in various hymn books, and I could count it something like 19 verses, if you add them all up. So I'm not sure um, which verses we shall be singing. In my boyhood, I was a member of an organisation called the Boys' Brigade. I haven't heard of it for years now. It was a Christian organisation with a vaguely military flavour. We marched. We did P.E. I played a bugle. We were taught to see Christ as our captain, whom we were called to serve. I'd been brought up in a Christian home uh, with Bible reading and bedtime prayers, but it was the idea of serving Christ that gripped me. And a group of us boys, I can still remember some of their names, David Porter, Ian McKinnon, Ron Elliott, we asked to be baptised, which was seen by us as enrolling in the service of Jesus, of taking the oath of allegiance that we would follow him. As each one came out of the water, nowadays when have baptisms, people are asked to choose something to be sung as they emerge from the water. We didn't have any choice like that. As we came up out of baptism, everybody sang, Be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee a crown of life. Of course, as time went by, I began to realise lots more about the Christian faith than merely following Jesus. But I learnt something of my sin, need of salvation, the Holy Spirit. But nevertheless, that following Jesus has still become part of my Christian thinking. There's a big banner we have here sometimes that says, God has no hands but our hands. Not quite sure it's true. God sometimes just works without human activity. But nevertheless, it's basically true, isn't it? We are called to follow Jesus, to do God's work for him in the world. I don't know, as I say, which verses we're going to sing. One of the verses goes, Just as I am, young, strong and free, to be the best that I can be. And we were discussing at house group, you know, should we have some new things? I would have to sing, just as I am, old, feeble and a bit forgetful. Uh, <laughs> but, and, uh, but it doesn't scan. Uh, uh, and we'd have to alter it. But just as I am, we're called upon to follow the Lord Jesus with whatever we've got left of the abilities that Christ has given us. The call comes. Let us commit ourselves once more to Jesus, to take once more that oath of allegiance, to follow him, whatever the cost, as we sing, Just As I Am. Let's stand to sing this.
Thank you. Do be seated. And one of the most... Uh, I'm going to ask Tina if she would uh, make her way up. Uh, one of the things that has struck me is that many people, as a teacher, believe that the older children that you teach, uh, the uh, more uh, skilled and important uh, you have to be. But having taught uh, three-year-olds right through to 18-year-olds, I can assure you absolutely the reverse is true. The long, younger the children are, the more skilled as a teacher you have to be. And it's very... Um, uh, I love the sort of parabola of this service this morning and that we started with Rose talking about uh, toddlers and this wonderful banner and we're going to finish today with Tina uh, who's going to share with us about, about toddlers. Tina, thank you. Yes, uh, it's, it's quite true. I do find the young ones quite challenging. Um, I, previously, I was a teacher and I preferred secondary age group to three-year-olds who never do what they're told but uh, I find I find a running mother and toddler group with lots of help from people thank you um, endlessly interesting endlessly fascinating um, at the moment we seem to have a, a, a load of new babies and the mums who come in and chat and help each other and uh, um, I, I love to see uh, to me, the, the love of God working in this building between the women and between the helpers and the women and the children and the children learning to share and uh, be patient with each other, not always easy, um, and uh, watching the children grow and develop and interact. We have many different nationalities here. We've, we've some Polish girls who come and uh, Japanese girls and... Um, occasionally we've had an au pair nanny and, and so on, so quite a few nationalities. Um, I was very amused. We have one stalwart uh, Polish little boy, he's probably about two, with a shaven head and a stocky uh, stance, and he came up behind um, a little chap who's got a cluster of golden curls, very cherubic, and he came right up to him, and he was so curious, staring at this boy. And so first of all, he flicked a curl, and then he blew a curl, and then he sort of touched and pulled the curl, and it sprang back. All the time, the other little boy standing stock still, knowing exactly what's happening to him. But, you know, it was just interesting interaction. But what I really wanted to tell you was our party at the end, or our arrangement at the end. We called it a teddy bear's picnic. We made a sandwich. Um, and uh, for whatever reason, I decided to introduce two miniature Shetland ponies into the garden because I thought it would be a lovely finale. And it's partly because I, I feel that... Uh, I feel that as a Christian... Uh, there are many things I'm uncertain about, but there are some things I'm certain of, and I, I feel I see God in the small children, and I feel I see it in nature around me, and I feel I see it in the animals. And it was just lovely to introduce these two little ponies and to take, let the children pat them, stroke them, enjoy them, um, and the mothers as well. It was just a wonderful end to break up for the summer, and I just thought I'd tell you about it. 
<laughs> That's all. Thank you. Thank you so much. And uh, one of the things that I have discovered is that God turns up in the most unexpected places. And uh, we don't always understand wholly about God when we take that first step of faith and commit our lives to follow him. And I would encourage anybody here who has not made that commitment to take that first step and say, Lord, I will follow you. I will follow you through thick and thin. I will be your servant to do so in the, before the day ends uh, because you never know what tomorrow will bring. And God, as we've heard from the testimonies this morning through, through Judy, through what I've been telling you about Mechanics for Africa, God is a reality. His Holy Spirit is real. And as we take that step of faith, it will grow in each one of you. And I can guarantee you that from the bottom of my heart. So Tina has chosen a song, I will offer up my life in spirit and truth. And as we sing this, I'd really like you to sing it with meaning as you offer up your lives in spirit and truth as you walk this walk this week. Thank you. So may the grace of God upon my life, it's not dependent on me, 
and what I have done or deserved, but a gift of mercy from God which has been given unto me because of his love, his love for me. Those are the words from uh, 1023, one of the songs in our songbook. And as we close, uh, I have a reminder from Jackie for you. And she said this, remember how we live, how we think, the actions we take, the decisions we make, they do all make a difference. So Lord, as we go out from here, we commit our lives to you, our thoughts, our words, and our actions. Amen. And I have one brief notice, which is that uh, beside the hatch, uh, there where the coffee, I hope, may be, um, Ben and uh, Grace, who are getting married on Wednesday, there is their card for us to sign. And if you'd like to do so, please do that. Um, and I believe there is a, a small collection being taken there for them. Um, and also, we have been greatly blessed today uh, with some vegetables, um, some runner beans that have been given by Rosemary, and they are by the door. If you fancy to take some of those, you'd be very welcome, uh, because we have a superfluity in our midst, and that would be lovely if we could share those around. So thank you so much for that. Thank you. Uh, if you would like prayer this morning, uh, maybe some of the things that have touched your heart, uh, Ian and Virginia.